Sunday morning, you're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire, to inform, and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. America. Thank you that you care so much about your state and about our nation that you've come to your capital today to pray. My father is 98 years old next month and he sends his greetings to each and every one of you. You know, we're here today because our nation is in trouble. We're in trouble spiritually. We're in trouble racially. We're in trouble economically. We're in trouble politically. And I'm here to tell you, no party can turn this thing around. And now I'm going to make some people mad, okay? I do that from time to time, but listen to me. I have zero hope in the Democratic Party. I have zero hope in the Republican Party. The only hope that I have for the United States of America is Almighty God and His Son, Jesus Christ. The most important thing that we can do here today is to pray. So, L.J. Renee, that was a great event, being able to attend the Decision America on the Capitol Courthouse of the state of Ohio with Franklin Graham and watching all of those people from all over the state of Ohio come together, put put down their silos of differences of race and political affiliation and church affiliation and come together and pray, not just for Ohio, but the nation as a whole, the condition of the body of Christ. What an experience it was. It was a great experience. I was privileged to be there amongst all the people that were there. You had black, white, all nationalities there on the Capitol lawn, and we were all there for one purpose, and that was to pray for America and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you know what? I would like to read that scripture that he used because I thought it was powerful, and I want to read it just from the message translation, but he came out of Nehemiah, and he read a couple of verses out of Nehemiah. I just want to read verses 3 and 4 because it talks about the burden that Nehemiah had to pray for the nation of Israel, his people, when they found themselves what I believe is in similar state as we are in America, when they were destitute and and they had actually worse than we are in America. They'd have been taken captive and exiled and they were destitute. And he says in Nehemiah 1 verses 3 and 4 out of the message translation, he says, they told me the exile survivors who are left there in the province are in bad shape. Mm. Conditions are appalling. The walls of Jerusalem is still
still rubble, the city gates are still cinders, and when I heard this, I sat down and wept, and I mourned for days, fasting and praying before Mm -hmm. the very God of heaven. And you know, the walls, as he mentioned there, the walls represent the security of a nation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just keep you secure on the inside, but it keeps that which is undesirable on the outside. And the walls, you know, in the natural, we hear a debate in America about should we build a wall or not? Let's not even consider the natural wall. The spiritual walls for the nation of America are laid flat and are in rubble. Amen. And you're absolutely right. And the thing about it is that the people had turned away from God. And that's the reason why they were brought into this judgment. That's the reason why they were exiled. And that's the reason why they were in the state that they were in. You had Nehemiah, who was the king's cupbearer in the very position that really uh, gave him the access to the king to be able to go back to build the wall. But again, the reason why they were in this situation is because they had forgotten God. They had turned away from his word that the Bible says they had taken his word and it, as it were, and tossed it behind their backs and did not regard what God has spoken. And so it was like he had no other choice but to allow uh, the enemy to come and bring them to another nation to be ruled over. And so God is, is speaking even through that to the day with a America because we have allowed the immorality. We're passing laws that are totally against God's uh, will, against God's commandment, and yet we want God to bless us. But I'm thankful that God is moving upon the hearts of people like Franklin Graham, like yourself and myself, and all the people that are there to come together to pray. And what I really liked about it is that this, we didn't ask God to do anything before we had had to go through repentance. We had to look at ourselves as a nation with abortion with the same-sex marriage and things of that nature and that we had to repent we had to lift up our state officials and and pray for them and then we had our own personal sins that prevents us from really being what God has called us to do uh, or to be we had to even confess those faults within to God because some of us have been prodded by God to speak out or to move forward into a political office God has moved upon our hearts to do something but we refuse to do it because of fear or we're thinking that no not me but God is moving up on the hearts of the people to begin to step out and do what he called them to do and you know the thing is that is right because it just aligns itself with what he said you know when God speaks he doesn't contradict what he has already said what we did the actions align itself with what God said in second chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14 that mm-hmm. we often quote but when we quote that we sometimes forget to quote verse 13 he said you know that was when Solomon dedicated the temple and God says I have accepted your prayer and I've received what you have offered to me he says but in verse 13 he says if there ever comes a time when I shut up the heavens that the blessings and the rain yes. stop coming to upon, upon you if there ever is a time when I command the locusts to eat the crops and send a plague on my people because you have done something that was not pleasing in my sight if there ever is a time when I am displeased with you you have defied me and I have not responded with the blessings that you are used to if there ever is a time that you see this come upon your mm. pe- uh, your nation he says here is the solution and what you the need solution. to do he said if my people 
people and that is who you are, which are called by my name and that is what you are. If you would humble yourself, pray, seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive your sins and I will heal the land. Because you have to remember when Solomon is making this prayer uh, above this verse 13, it was a good time. They were dedicating a new temple to God. They were happy on the mountain. We are happy. We we are thankful. We, you know, when, when a football player scores a touchdown, they look up to heaven and they put their hand up like, thank you, Jesus, because mm-hmm. we're happy. We thanking him when mm-hmm. we're happy. But if there ever is a time when the happy days are gone, if there ever is a time when the sun is rolled back and the clouds come over, if there ever is a time when, when the things that we would least desire are upon us because of our disobedience, because of the actions that we have done, if there ever is a time uh, that, that that happens, then that is the time when That's we need solution. to find ourselves humbling ourselves, repenting of our sins, turning from our wicked ways and seeking the very face of God in prayer. And that is where we are in America. We have found ourselves in dark days. We have found ourselves in times of uh, immorality and degradation, a time when the walls are laid flat, when the security of our nation, I mean, spiritual security of our nation is laid bare and open. And it's like the enemy is having a field day. Sometimes you look at the news and how can one calamity outdo this one? But it does on tomorrow. And how could anything be worse than this? But the next day it is. Mm -hmm. And you just see one calamity after another. And we need to, as a nation, and as he is doing from state house to state house, Mm -hmm. humble ourselves. Forget about Democrat and Republican and independent male and female, black and white, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Baptist, Methodist. Forget about all of that stuff. If you are the people of God called by his name, humble yourself. Get out of all of that foolishness and seek his face. But you have to first, as you said, start with repentance. You have to start with repentance because then, you know, if you're just going and asking God to bless and we sing that in our we sing that in the national anthem. It says, God bless America. And but what we really need to do is America bless God, because what we have done is that we have turned our back on him. You know, people argue about that this nation wasn't found on Christian principles. Yes, it was found it on Christian principles and God had given us in his book the things that will uphold a nation we say his word and it is written that his word is from everlasting to everlasting it does not change so if you, you if you established on his word then he is obligated to keep you afloat he is obligated to fight on your behalf but the moment that you continue to go against his laws and but this is the way he is he's a merciful God I mean he's not going to lift his hand so immediately, but he's going to send someone to say, listen, like he did in the Bible, he sent the prophets one after another. And do you know what they told the prophets? By the fact, they told Jeremiah, he said, they said, get away from here. We we don't want to hear this. Mm-hmm. Get on, go on and tell that word down there in Judah or another land, but don't come here. But they wanted the people, the prophets that were false to tickle their ears with good news. When God was saying that, that he did not send them, he was sending a word, a warning. And so that's the way it is now, even in this nation, and even in our own personal lives, God is sending a warning and telling us, listen, get right, do the right things, because there's going to come a time. It takes a humbling. It takes a humbling. And 
that's the reason why with people such as Franklin Graham and you have other pastors that are both black and white, they're coming together as one. They're putting aside this racial tone of negativity and they're coming together, holding hands as one people and one nation under God. And that's what we have to be very cognizant of is that this is one nation under God. And there's ever a moment that we we really need to fight for religious freedom. It is right now because you can see the atmosphere is anti-Christ. You can see that right now that people don't want you to pray in the schools. They don't want you to pray outside. I mean, they get offended because you've lifted up the name of Jesus. They get offended over anything. And he talked, you know what I like? He talked about that. He talked about the religious freedom and liberty, freedom of religion versus freedom to worship or liberty to worship. Mm-hmm. Because he talked about how, and, and let's play a clip of that if we have it. They say that we have the freedom to worship. No, no. We have the freedom of religion. Now, freedom of religion means I can worship, but it means I can live my faith out in the public like we're doing right now. The progressives say, no, you have the freedom to worship, which means you are restricted to the church. You can't come out into the public with your religion because you may offend somebody. You have to be quiet and can only do that in the church. No, our forefathers gave us the the freedom of religion where we can live our faith 24-7 in the public, wherever we are. Freedom of religion is the ability to freely worship and and express your religious views wherever you are. And through anything that you decide to do. If I'm working, I'm able to. If I'm a baker, if I'm a if I'm a photographer, I'm living according to my Christian principles. And I can go stand on the Capitol lawn and have a public prayer when I have freedom of religion. Like I told you about Russia right now, you know, everything in Russia is is operated by the government. Mm -hmm. And so what happens now is that, yes, there are churches, but I was reading in this one article is now that the edict has come down that the tithes and the offering must be turned over to the government. Matter of fact, they have set up tables in the church. Now, what did that sound like? Even in Nehemiah, they set up a, a place in the temple. And so now they have set up a place in the church where they collect the tithes and the offerings and give it over to the government. Now, some of you might think that is too extreme. It does not start like that openly. It creeps upon you. It's the spirit of deception. You know, they'll tell you one thing. The next thing you know, you without the spirit of the Lord revealing it to you, you agree to it. The next thing you know, they take away one right. They take away another right. And before you know it, you are held captive by the very thing that they said that they were trying to be nice to you and they said you know you can you can worship your god any way you want to but before you know it you will be held captive to the laws of the land and that's the reason why we have to pray god is able to turn this thing around you just read the scripture about if my people will call upon my name will humble themselves and pray that is the antidote right there and and i believe that god even as he shared with me one morning he says praise me for the outpouring of my spirit i actually believe believe that we're going to experience a revival in this country like we have never seen it before. You can't help but to experience such if the people of God would get together and humble and themselves the, and, that's and what's seek happening. his face and pray. That's right. I mean, and that is what, and I do like the fact that he starts with that when he goes from state house to state house, he starts with that repentance, that that's open right. and public repentance.
repentance as a nation and then individually as a person because that was the model prayer that Nehemiah did. He repented for the sins of his nation. He repented for the sins he of his, of we, his forefathers and then he repented That's of the right. sins that he had done. And so we want to do today, we want to ask God to start a fire in us, start a fire in us that when that fire, when that flame begins to, to go, flow, that they would go from heart to heart and breast to breast, from city to city, from church to church, from denomination, jumping over all of the barriers that we have erected and allowed to be erected in our midst, and that the fire of God would consume everything that is not like him. Start a fire in me. fire in my soul and you know what what I ask of the Lord is to to fan the flame and make it grow I mean we need to catch her you remember that song they used to sing I wish somebody here would I catch wish somebody's <laughs> soul would, would catch, catch on fire that was and burn old, with the Holy, Holy Ghost. Ghost that to me brings out those those words to that particular song you know I wish somebody here would catch on fire and surely we do need to catch on fire we need to really ask the Lord to cleanse us and give us that opportunity to stand for the Lord and begin to live our lives. I mean, that's worship unto the Lord when we're able to live our lives out according to his will and according to his plan. And no matter what we do, someone really depends upon your soul catching on fire. Someone depends upon you deciding that I'm going to do the things that God had called me to do. Someone depends upon you to decide that no longer am I going to live my life wayward, but I'm going to live for the Lord. There's somebody that that is depending upon you to show the glory of the Lord. It's just like when you see a campfire and the wood is burning and you see the sparks. That is the time when if those sparks begin to, to shoot out of that fire, it will catch something on fire. The things that is close to it, it will begin to close to a uh, fire. That's how those forest fires always start. In always. Somebody flicked the cigarette. Because and it's it, a dry, but listen to this. The reason why it starts it was dry. a fire, because it was dry. And we are dry. And we are, and we dry. are 
pipe and all you have to do is flick a little uh, cigarette out the window, throw, fail to put out a campfire and it begins to catch on fire. And that's what what we're saying. Start a fire in my soul. Fan the flames and make it grow. Absolutely. And you know what? One of the things I don't want to leave here without saying this is that one of the things that he asked that we do is to pray for our communities. And, and pray that God will, will begin to show you who should be in office. And that's what we're going to do. And that's the thing with Nehemiah. I'm glad you brought that out because the king that he was cupbearer to was not a king that served the Lord, no, but he wasn't. was a king whose heart was tender toward God. So sometimes you look at the landscape. We're about and to go to an him. election. We don't have two Nehemiah. people that are professing to be born again. I think they both profess to be Christians in the general sense of the word, but not professing professing to be spirit filled or born again, but look, keep looking down downward on the ticket because there is one of the four between the two candidates and their, and their vice presidents. There is one that is born again. You keep looking and he professes the name of Jesus Christ unapologetically, unashamedly. And he is honored to be named among the believers of God and willing to stand for the truth that he believes in, even at the detriment of himself and at the ridicule from others, he was willing to stand for what he believes in. And I heard him say, I spend a little time before the Lord in prayer every day. Mm -hmm. And we want to pray for every official, every appointed and every elected official. We want to pray for this nation. We want to pray for our state. We want to pray for every elected and appointed official. And he also had us collectively. And you know, we do this every morning, just about anyway. We prayed for the first responders, the police officers in particular. We want to pray for them. Not every time there's an incident, do you should we go looking and thinking and suspecting foul play. These men and women put themselves in harm's way for the protection and safety of others. And there are some bad seeds in there. We pray God uncover them, uproot them, get them out. We want to pray for all of them, for their safety and their protection. And let's do that, LJ Renee. Dear God, we thank you for this day and we applaud you for working in our life. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to gather ourselves together with like-minded believers on the public state lawn to lift our voice in unity for repentance, God, and to plea for your forgiveness and to come and ask, God, that you would have mercy upon our souls, that you would look favorably upon us, God, that you, Father, would give us the wisdom, the godly wisdom we need and the spiritual discernment to make the right godly decisions. Father, may we not look on the outward appearance. May we not look, Father, with only the natural eye. May we not want that which is only pleasing to the flesh, but may we see through the eyes of faith the one that who whose heart is tender in the hand of the Lord. I pray for all of the candidates running for office today, especially those running for president and vice president, even those in the third and fourth parties, God, the green parties, the tea parties, even those running independently. We pray, God, that you would favor them, shine your light upon them, that you would give them a heart and a desire to seek your face, to know you. May we know clearly those who stand on the side of the Lord and those who will fight the cause of Christ. May we know, God, those who fear you and those who are willing to judge according to that fear and faith they have in you. Father, I pray for the salvation of all of them, but we pray you expose evil and wickedness at every place that it lurks and every heart that it hides in the name of the Lord. I pray, God, that you favor the candidate that is honoring you through their life, not just with their words. May none of us be hoodwinked or led astray. May none of us be deceived, God, by what we hear and only by what we see, but may we see through the facade and see beyond what is on the outward appearance, and may we discern even the intent of the man and woman's heart. Father, 
I thank you for them. I thank you for the Supreme Court justices. I thank you for that Supreme Court justice that will yet be appointed. May it be a man or a woman of integrity and faith Mm -hmm. and of truth, God, that honors you and loves you. May you move out of the way anyone that does not fit that description, anyone that is not set for the defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray you move them out of the way. We pray for every Supreme Court that's every Supreme Court justice sitting on the bench, everyone waiting in the wings. We pray for every federal court judge. We pray, dear God, for every state judge, every local judge, every magistrate, every county clerk. We pray for every state official, every governor and mayor. We pray the grace and the power of God be upon them. Every first responder, every police chief and police officer, every military general and colonel, every uh, non-commissioned officer in the military, we pray their safety and we pray their covering. Would you build the walls strong around this nation as the people of God continue to repent, to seek your face and to pray as you have instructed us in your word. We love you today and we thank you and we put this nation back in the hands of God. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. You be our Lord. You be our God. You be our Savior, our Redeemer and our Keeper in the blessed name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Father, we thank you for the foregone prayers. We thank you, dear Father, for the opportunity and the privilege, dear Father, to stand upon the state capitol lawn and begin to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what that represents, the hearts of the people turning back to you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that what it represents, Father, to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord over our nation, over our city, Father, over the states, Father. We thank you that we declared upon that line this day that God, that you reign, dear Father, over all things and your truth endureth forever. We thank you, Father, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, that it was you that is raising up, dear Father, people all over the world to stand up and begin to gather your people to pray. I even hear right now, God, I thank you for the shofar that was in the midst of the crowd, dear Father, blowing for the gathering of the saints, Father, in the name of Jesus. This is a time for prayer and this is a time for warfare, God, standing and contending for the faith, oh Father, throwing down our idols, oh Father, God, those things that's been erected, dear Father, to take away the attention of the saints from, Lord, uh, who you are, Lord. And I ask, Father, God, that those individuals that were there upon their, this lawn, uh, up on the lawn, or even those that are in our communities, Father God, that are laying dormant, that Lord that's afraid to stand up and and recognize the call that you placed on their life, dear Father. Those who are standing and saying, "Well, not me, because I haven't gone to school and and I have never been in the political arena and I don't know what to do." But that person that you've been nudging, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will call them, dear Father God, without and and that they will know, dear Father without a shadow of a doubt that it is them dear father for you said what is impossible with man is possible with you so father we thank you we thank you Preparing the way This is the generation That is seeking my faith
We thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and LJ Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.